0: Now you can take your Bibles and go to John's Gospel so you can stop badgering me, you people. Just kidding. Yes, go to the Gospel of John if you're visiting with us. Uh, No, I don't mean you're badgering me, but other people have. Uh, No, just kidding. Um, If you're visiting with us, you need a Bible. There's a black Bible in the chair in front of you. You can pull that out. Go to the back because the New Testament is renumbered and find page, actually page 70, but actually page 71, but, find page 70 because there's no 71 I don't know why they did that anyways find page 70 you'll see John John's gospel John chapter 1 and today we're going to just do the first 13 verses of John chapter 1 excuse me I'm to turn these off so John chapter 1 the first 13 verses I'll read and we'll jump in um, and, and so we're starting in John's Gospel and, excuse me, I plan on us being in John's Gospel for about 60 weeks. So that's kind of the plan. I think it's actually 61 to be exact, but that bothers me. There's a one, so I might try and put it down to 60. I'm that person, you know what I mean? Anyways, uh, so about 60 weeks in John's Gospel. Week number one today, chapter one, verses one through 13. I'm gonna read. In the beginning was the word, And the word was with God, and God was the word. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him, and apart from him nothing came into being that came. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower it. A man came, sent from God, His name was John. He came for a witness in order that he might bear witness of the light that in order that all might believe through him. He was not the light but in order that he might bear witness of the light. There was a true light which coming into the world shines upon every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him but the world did not know him. To his own he came and those who were his own did not receive him but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. My, My mother likes to remind me, you probably heard this story, my mother likes to remind me that when I was a kid at one of my birthday parties when kids would come to the front door I would find out if they had a gift for me because I didn't want them to come to my party if she or he didn't bring me a gift I mean that's logical right? or like I'm teaching my kids when they get a gift what are you supposed to say? better be good it's just sarcasm. It's funny. You people are so serious. Relax, it's okay. No, I did that when I was a kid. Probably not a good way to invite people to come to your party. <laughs> but think about this. What if someone famous invited you to come to their house? Who would you want, who would, excuse me, who would you want to invite you to come? And, and think about anybody, dead or alive. I I wrote, Couple down, few. How about Abraham Lincoln? Winston Churchill? Uh, for all you young people, Dwayne Johnson. Mm. Maybe some famous athlete, a uh, famous theologian, John Calvin, a famous leader. That's what entails this gospel. It's an invitation actually from Jesus to come through John the apostle. And as we're embarking on this journey for the next 60 weeks in John's gospel, you'll hear me say this over 60 times, it'll be at least 60 times, if not double that. What is John's gospel all about? What's the main theme? It's this. Come, receive Jesus. Or come, believe in Jesus. Or come, know Jesus. Or come, trust Jesus. This is what John's trying to get across to his readers. Come. Trust Jesus. Come, know Jesus. Come, receive Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Come. He's inviting you. Come. So, if you miss anything, don't miss that. And notice how I clump these together, these verbs. Trust is not up there. It'd be good, but trust to receive Jesus is to believe in Jesus. To believe in Jesus is to know Jesus. Who he is. Who the Father is and all that he's done. That's what it means. So we come into John's gospel this is what he's gonna try to convey he's gonna try and communicate this is what it means to receive Jesus. You believe him which means you know him. All that he is all that he's done, and as I said just a few moments ago, it's written by the Apostle John. We won't doubt that. Some want to doubt that. I, I think that's ridiculous. It's the Apostle John. John the Apostle wrote this, hands down. But understand that this gospel—it's it, a gospel of theology. It's, it's different from the, from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's a gospel of theology, but not just of theology, but of a witness. It's a true, genuine history from a historical viewpoint of a witness. It's not what the Germans call gesichter. If you look up the term gesichter in Google Translate, it means story. But how the theological liberalism, how they define this term Gezikta in, in theological liberalism Gezikta is embellished story now this is not an embellished story this is not an embellishment at all this is true genuine history this is a true genuine historical account and that's why you, you understand it's not just theology but it's a, from an eyewitness John, the apostle. Probably the youngest guy that was of the apostles when Jesus was alive. And you'll see also, John's aim, his aim is evangelistic. Specifically, this is to Jews and Jewish proselytes. Uh, Some disagree. and That's okay. They can be wrong. That's a joke. But no, really... I agree with Don Carson. Don Carson's commentary, it's, I highly recommend. It's one of the best. He says this, and I agree. I mean, it's so apparent because there's a plethora of Old Testament nuances in this gospel. It's, it's unbelievable. Even here in the first 13 verses, there's like Old Testament stuff everywhere, even the first three words in the beginning. What does that remind you of? Uh, Genesis, right? And yet, as you, as we embark on this journey, you'll see that this is gonna be good, not just for Jews and Jewish proselytes, but good for us as Christians. Because the invitation is still to you, Christian, to come and know Jesus. You'll see why I say that in just a moment. So come, and there's, there's three questions surrounding this invitation in John's gospel. Come, and the first reason why, because of who he is. Who is Jesus? He's the Messiah, the Son of God, light, life. It's gonna unfold for us. It is why readers should become a Jesus follower. And John will unfold unfold for us many characteristics of Jesus, uh, the ultimate revealer, the self-expression of the Father, the ultimate self-disclosure of the Father. I mentioned earlier, light, life, God in the flesh. Blah, 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 blah. All these different identities and titles of Jesus. Uh, you'll see it a lot in the I am statements in John's Gospel. There's seven of them. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you know Jesus too, if you know this Jesus, you'll also know the Father. Because he's the ultimate self-disclosure of the Father. This is why? Come, why? Because of who Jesus is. But also surrounding this, this invitation to come receive Jesus because of who he is, is the second question, how, how, how do you come? By believing, by receiving, by trusting This is the only way one can become a Jesus follower. When a person believes, she or he takes in everything about Jesus and it's so drastic, it's so mind-blowing, it's so awesome and amazing that Jesus calls it a new birth, which results in that belief. And then when there's belief, you're given eternal life. How, excuse me, why, how, what is it about this? What is it, what eternal life is knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent? We think of eternal life as a place. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. You gotta go there. But yet we we think about it as a place. It's not so much a place. It's a person. Knowing Jesus points not just to knowledge but, but also to volition. Your will. It's personal. It's relational. It's not just up here. It's not just up here. And it's being built up as a Jesus follower in faith and understanding what it means to follow Christ. So, as we go through this gospel, you'll grow in your knowledge. You'll grow in your love for your Savior. Because remember, what's eternal life? It's to know God and Jesus Christ in me ascent. Come, know Jesus. You see what I mean? See, so there's, a, there's a method to my madness in this way. So there's a, the, the whole spectrum of Jesus and come, why we should come to Jesus, how we should come to Jesus, what's it all about. But no doubt, no doubt another theme, central theme in John's gospel is the cross, of course. Something that God planned from the start. It's evidence of Jewish rejection. They're the ones that killed him. It would be the means by which Jesus returned to the Father. The cross initiates the eschatological age. We are in the last days now, friends, not because of pandemic, but because Jesus died on the cross. Okay? Just so make that clear. We're in the last days, not because of the virus, but because Jesus died on the cross. It started then. Now we're in the last days. And it would be the way of the cross by which God would glorify himself by which he would glorify his son. You'll see that in John's gospel. But something else about the cross, the cross would be the only way God cleanses his people and gives them eternal life because only the Lamb of God could take away our sin. The only way God can cleanse you the only way He'll give you that relationship to know Him is by the cross, is by you turning from sin and putting your trust in Jesus alone. Are you here? Do you know Jesus? Have you received Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you trust Jesus? You should because Jesus has come. He'll receive you as you receive Him. He'll forgive you if you come to Him. So this is what kind of two main things, main themes you see in John's gospel. Who Jesus is, the, the, the why, the how, the what, and also the cross. And so as we embark on this journey over this next 60 weeks in John's gospel, we want to ask ourselves the right question. The question is not, how does this relate to me? No. It's this how does your life fit in with who Jesus is and what he's done? John will teach you who Jesus is and why it should matter to you. It's not about you per se. It's about all that Jesus is and who he is in redemptive history. And if you receive him, that's what this is about. See, we come to the Bible, we, we say, well, how does this relate to me? I mean, what's, it's all about me. No. How does your life fit in with what God's doing? That's a different way to see it, isn't it? So I told you about these seven I am statements. I told you about uh, what, how Jesus is gonna unfold this about himself. You're also gonna notice in John's Gospel seven signs What's well, it's a sign. Signs point to something. Uh, 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 danger, road, work ahead. You know, everything's down to one lane. You got a flag person. You know, please don't run me over, type thing. A sign, you'll see these signs, they point to who Jesus is, that he truly came from God. And John loves to use these dualisms. You actually see it just here, in just, what, the fourth verse. Dualisms, life, death, from above, from below, light, dark, truth, lie, sight, blindness. John loves to do this. But what I want to do is show you how this main theme of come receive Jesus, come believe in Jesus, come know, come trust Jesus, how you see that unfold within the gospel. We're actually gonna start to the back of the gospel look at one, two, three different verses and come make our way back to chapter one. And I'll put the verses up here for you, key verses. Go to chapter 20 in John's gospel. John tells you why he's written this. John 20, 30 and 31. John 20, 30 and 31. John tells you, this is the reason why I'm writing this to you. This is this point. John twenty thirty many other signs therefore Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. Notice 31 but these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that believing you may have life in His name. Notice the theme. These have been written that you may believe that receive Jesus is the Christ who He is the Son of God and believing you may have life in His name. That's the what? See? The why, the how, the what. See that there. Go to chapter 17. A couple pages back. Look at 17 verse 3. So what is this life? What is this eternal life? How you describe it? How you define it? 17 verse 3. Jesus speaking. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So what is eternal life? It's knowing God and Jesus. It's relational. It's personal. It's intimate. It's not just knowing facts. It's responding from the heart. It's volition. See? And then, of course, you have up there, 1 verse 12 and 13, which we read just a few moments ago, but as many have received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, you receive, you believe, you know, you trust Jesus. That's the theme. These first 18 verses is called the prologue. And they are key to the rest of the gospel. As you understand the prologue, these first eighteen verses, you'll understand the rest of the gospel. But also, as you read John's gospel, you'll understand the prologue even more. So it kind of goes like this. And, and then these first eighteen verses—it's it's interesting how these first eighteen verses also answer this question: How does this word, who is with God, and is also God? How did he break into our world? Or, as Carson put it, how did he break into the sphere of time and history? These 18 verses answers that. How the Son of God became the Jesus of history, who glorified the Father in himself. So, now, I've got kind of to give you an overview of John's Gospel, kind of overview of just in general so we have this uh, theme come receive Jesus why who exactly is Jesus who is he come receive Jesus why who exactly is this Jesus number one he's the God revealer chapter 1 verse 1 in John's gospel in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Word. In its basic form, we communicate through words. I'm talking to you, I'm using words and there's two ways of communication. One is what I'm saying to you and the other is what you're hearing. I have to use words to talk to you. use words to communicate. Words to say things to each other. Word. So now this is just the basic form of this, what this word means. Word. But now think about this in terms of Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God communicated creation into existence by His Word. He upholds all things by His Word. He communicates with His people through His Word. Uh, Genesis 1 Uh, darkness is over the surface of the deep Spirit of God hovered and what does it say and God said word Uh, (coughs) Psalm uh, 33 just a couple weeks ago Uh, by the word of the Lord the heavens were made Hmm? Isaiah talks about that Uh, Proverbs Wisdom is personified. Wisdom was a part of creating the world. Wisdom is words, knowledge. So the word here, the word is God's final, complete message. And so that means God's word is his self-expression. And he expressed himself in creation. He expressed himself in revelation and he expressed himself in salvation because God's our creator, our revealer revealer, and savior. Which perfectly sums up the word or the son. He's the creator. He's the revealer. And he's our savior. You see? Notice he even says, and the word was with God. This highlights this, the word being personified. And, and with God insinuates intimacy. So now it's not just some uh, stoic type word thing. Now we see the word enjoyed a close personal relationship with God, thus showing he was separate from God or from the Father. We'll see more of that in a little bit. So this word is personal, relational, intimate. And he's the ultimate self-disclosure of God. The ultimate self-expression of God or the ultimate God-revealer. One writer puts it like this. He reflects God's mind perfectly and reveals him to humans. Uh, What's God's mind like? The word. So he's the God Revealer, Notice Number Two. He's the Eternal Originator. In the beginning, reminds of Genesis chapter one verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word. He already was in existence before anything was. He was not created. That's so why he's called the eternal word, the eternal originator of everything. Notice, says, in the beginning, was the word and the word was with God." And yet he says, "And God was the word." So here you see, he was separate from God, but is also God." So we have two distinct persons who both are, in essence, in their nature, God. One writer puts it like this, quote, the word was with God, God's eternal fellow. The word was God, God's own self, End quote. Here you see the beginnings of the great doctrine of the Trinity. And for all you geeks out there, this is for you this is not translated as a God. It's argued by Jehovah's Witnesses because God here, God was the word, has no article. It's called being an arthris. And yet there's other nouns that are an arthris, but they're not meant to be translated like a. So the idea is a distinction, but also a oneness. But understand this too. You know, I told you, the first 18 verses are key to the rest of the gospel, Right? Verse one is key to to everything else. Uh, Understand this. Jesus' words and deeds are God's words and deeds. God's words and deeds are Jesus' words and deeds. They're (laughs) running the same. John's trying to get you to understand this. This is why you should receive Jesus. Because of who he is. The God revealer, the eternal originator of everything. Actually, we'll go into that in just a moment. He's the creator. He says in verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. He repeats what he said in verse 1. He was in the beginning. Distinct, separate, and yet God. The God revealer, the eternal originator, known as the third one, as we've been talking about this already, he's the universe creator. All things came into being by him, and apart from him nothing came that came. The word is the agent through whom God made the universe. That is everything that exists. The word created everything. So God spoke, Jesus did it in the power of the spirit you see all three and John's trying to help you to see that and then he puts it in a negative apart from nothing came into being that came into being just to be clear you, know, you guys understand what I'm saying here he was not created he always has been he created everything the God revealer, eternal originator, the universe creator, and then number four, he's the life light giver. Look at verse four. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, what's John talking about here? I don't think he's talking about salvation, the context is talking about creation. So John is speaking about the life of creation, not salvation. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Because of this life that is bound up in the word, the human race began. And the darkness was dispelled. Now, now you'll notice, John is going to begin to do this dualism between light and darkness, right here in verse 4 and 5. Because look at verse 5 and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower it. We'll talk about that in a moment. Go back to creation. Genesis chapter one. And God said there to be light, and there was light. And then God separated the light from the darkness, right? He did that. So now John's taking that concept to help you understand, this is what the word does. He brought in the human race, but then as the darkness did not dispel the light, so it does not do that in salvation either. Darkness, you'll see in this gospel, represents evil. And light represents not only the revelation of creation, but also salvation, even God himself. What does Jesus say in John chapter 8? I am the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness, uh, Numeric Standard says, comprehend it, A better translation, I would say, is did not master it or did not overcome it. Darkness does not overcome the light. And notice, you see that in creation, but you also see that in salvation. When the light comes in, darkness cannot overpower Jesus, right? Evil cannot overpower Jesus, can it? See what John's trying to do here? He's trying to teach you not just about creation, but then about salvation and how powerful this Jesus is. He's the life and the light giver. That's how powerful he is. John shifts his readers to salvation. As darkness did not overcome light, so fallen humanity will not overcome the word. Fallen humanity cannot overcome this word who is light, who is life. You, you can't overcome Jesus. You can't overpower him. That's why you should receive him. So what did I say? God revealer, eternal originator, uh, universe creator, uh, light, life giver. Here's a fifth one the human illuminator. Look at verse 9. There was a true light which coming into the world and lightens every man. Here may be a better translation. Quote, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. What does he mean by this? Let's take it apart. True and that the word is real, true, genuine. Remember, he's the ultimate self-disclosure of God. And when he says world here, we have to understand, John has at least least five different meanings of the word world. Five. Uh, It can mean the universe. It can mean humans in general. It can mean just the general public, like a lot of people. It can mean sinful, rebellious humanity. It can mean the realm of evil, the world system. What does he mean by the word world? Context drives a meaning. And it seems here, in verse nine, it means the created order that is humans who are in rebellion against their maker. So the true light that gives light to every man, he was coming into the world. What does coming into the world means? Light came into the world, that's the incarnation. He comes into the world, he takes on flesh, we'll talk about that in verse 14, the light came into the world. Enlightens. He enlightens every man. What does enlighten mean? What does that mean when he says enlightened? Enlighten. makes visible, bring to light. You know, when you're there in the dark, you gotta go to the bathroom, and you don't wanna step on a Lego. Mm. My kids, no Legos on the floor. Those hurt when you step on them. You just wanna scream bloody murder. Oh my So, you turn on the light so you don't step on a Lego or a cockroach. Ooh. So, it makes visible, Uh, it brings to light. Okay, so now, the light came into the world and he illuminates every person and divides the human race. That's what he means. When he says enlightens every man, he means makes visible. He brings to light every person. In other words, every person is put in a position where you have to make a choice. He divides a human race. Those who hate the light reject him or it, the light. Others receive the light. That's what John's saying. So, He's the human illuminator. Jesus came into the world and makes visible the truth of people's hearts. That's why when you read the word, it will make known your heart. It will reveal and illuminate who you really are. And that's what Jesus does. He will open up your life and open up your heart and illuminate who you really are. You, you can't hide from Jesus. What's your heart today? Have you received Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you trust Jesus? See that's what he does. The word illuminates who you really are. Now, John the Apostle deals with this next question. Is this word for real? and all of a sudden he breaks into this in verse 6 a man came sent from God whose name was John so th- this light of men he broke into human history and he was witnessed by this guy John which by the way John means Yahweh is gracious and notice he was sent by God with a task verse 7 he came for a witness or unto a witness in order that he might bear witness of the light. So is this word for real? Yes, he was a witness to bear witness. As a witness he would testify of the light. You know, think of a court situation. A witness speaks what he has seen, heard, or experienced. That's why we read from 1st John chapter 1. Uh, John says what we have seen with our eyes, we Touched with our hands, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. We heard, we saw, we touched him. We're not just making this stuff up. This is not a, just, it's not a gizikta. This is not an embellished story. This is for real. And, and under God's providence, this is all true and Real. John is going to keep emphasizing that without his gospel. I'm a witness to this. He's a witness to this. He testifies of this. We're not making this stuff up. This is for real. And notice he says the next part there in verse 7, that all might believe through him. All of us are indirectly dependent upon John the Baptist, is who he's talking about, who gave his proclamation of the light's identity and purpose because what would he do? he would say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And notice, he says, verse eight, he was not the light. John the Baptist wasn't a light, just to make it everyone's understanding this. He only was called to take to the task of testifying, bearing witness of the light of the word. Now, last part, John pushes you to this point how should we respond? Verses 10 through 13. And and, and as he says, asks his question, how should we respond to him? Notice what John does. He tells us two ways not to respond. And then one way to respond. Notice the two ways not to respond. The world did not know and his own did not receive. You see that? Look at verse 10. He was in the world in his special coming the incarnation the world was made through him and we're talking about sinful rebellious humanity he made this world it was made by the word but the world did not know him that word know is the same word that's used in John chapter 17 verse 3 that you might know you the only true God in Jesus Christ sent. same word the world did not know. He lived among them, the ones He created, but they did not know, perceive, understand, personally have intimate knowledge of Him. They did not know their Creator. Don't respond that way. Even worse, verse 11, to His own He came. He's talking about the Jewish nation from whom comes salvation. To his own he came, and those who were his own did not receive him. Notice the verbs. Know. There in verse 10. Receive. In verse 11. Which is nothing new. Israel was rebellious in the Old Testament, weren't they? And this was actually prophesied. Because his own would reject him and then crucify him. John's saying, don't respond this way. John's saying, don't respond this way. Notice those who receive the word. This is how we should respond. Receive him, receive the word, receive the light, receive Jesus. Verse 12, but as many as received him... To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. There will be those who receive him, those who embrace him, those who believe in him because God always has a remnant. Receiving him is believing in his name and his name which means the character of a person which denotes allegiance trust, confession. When you receive Jesus, you're embracing Jesus. When you embrace Jesus, you're believing Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, you trust Jesus, you know Jesus. Respond that way. Knowing Jesus involves more than just mere knowledge. It points to volition. The will of the person is affected. A person willingly comes to Jesus to embrace him, to receive him, to believe in him. And notice when you believe Respond that way. When you believe in him, what does John say? To them, he gave the right to become children of God. A gift of God's sovereign grace granted to you. That these will enjoy the privilege of becoming God's children, the covenant people of God. They belong to God in an intimate, meaningful, relational way. His children. You become a child of God. That's the result of receiving him. And notice verse 13. Who were not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man. He's talking about this birth. It doesn't happen by means of a descent or race, especially if you're Jewish not by sexual desire not by human decision not by the will of a husband you could translate will of man as a husband that way and understand in no way do followers of Jesus derive this new birth from themselves it doesn't happen inside you. of you no John's trying to tell you that he says end of verse 13 but have been born of God immediately <laughs> introducing this new birth which is an act of God in the heart of the individual. The only reason why a person would receive, believe, know Jesus is because a new birth took place in their heart. So again, this question that comes up, the question that is not how does this relate to me, it's how does your life fit in with who Jesus is and what what he's done? How does your life fit into that? This is what God's done. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done. How how do you fit into that? Not how does God fit into your life. How do you fit into God's life and what he's done? How will you respond? You see? To receive Jesus is to believe in Jesus. To believe in Jesus, to know Jesus. Because all that he is, all that he's done respond know Him receive Him love Him embrace Him trust Him see John's calling you that can we pray and ask for God's Spirit to work in us Spirit of God we need you to work in us to even more deeply believe in you Jesus Jesus more deeply trust you and receive you and know you and embrace you and we pray that as we embark on this journey in John's gospel give us grace to respond in this way to you I want to encourage you if you would please just take a minute or so we have this moment of silence for you to fill your mind with truth. Fill your mind with who Jesus is. And Maybe ask, pray, Jesus, help me to keep receiving you. Help me to know you more, receive you more, trust you more. take these few moments that we have between you and the Lord to fill your mind with his truth to let your mind dwell on these things would you take these few moments please and do that